Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. With all that said, I mean, I think, I think we're ready to get cranking here. We're pretty good. Alright, so, you know, welcome everybody. This is their, their second show. And uh, honestly, uh, right out of the gates, thanks to everyone who took the time to click on the first uh, episode. Really appreciate it. We actually saw some love, and and we thanks felt a lot, it, folks. It, yeah, it felt really good. Um, it uh, hopefully things continue to progress in that way, and <laughs> we don't screw things <laughs> up too bad. But uh, no, it was really positive. And at the end of the day, quite frankly, Mike and I we had a lot of fun, uh, and we, uh, we, we had a blast. But this one in particular, this particular episode, um, Mike and I are both very excited about it. Uh, we've we just had a quick discussion about it, and we're both really we're chomping at the bit here. This is going to be a good one, so um, let's get right into it. So, like we do, uh, like we always will do now, it's uh, right into check my fanny. So, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about our league? What happened in our league in the last week? Well, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and we'll start with uh, your game, Marty. Uh, you are playing your brother this. You're playing your brother this week, Joel. Um, if you guys ever want to, uh, double check, uh, our bonus track, that'll give you a little bit of information on the league and some of the owners themselves. So, um, with that, uh, Marty, you got a nice little lead and looks like you're going to take it this week, 39, 32. Um, I believe you've got your brother in a fair bit of games too, if I'm not mistaken. I wrote that down earlier and I think it's a substantial amount too. So congrats to that it looks like you're gonna hit uh three and one if i'm not mistaken yeah and i feel uh, like so, i'm beating a bit of a dead horse unfortunately like my brother's got some serious injuries so i feel like i'm taking advantage of his situation he, he, he's hurting big time he's hurting big time <laughs> yeah uh also i'll go ahead and uh mention the other game um that is uh the pawn hogs and the cougars that's ryan and jason uh ryan's got a nice little lead and i do believe uh, they are the uh, same amount of games, so four four games each tonight. So it looks like Ryan may be able to squeeze that one out. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and uh, mention the other two there, Marty. Uh, before I do, I just want to I do want to mention Ryan's record is not reflective of his team. I think Ryan is the oh, one God, that we, no. everyone needs to worry about. I think Ryan is is way better than his record. Which uh, honestly, he's got a decent record. Uh, is he sitting at after this? Because he's clearly going to win. This one, let me just pull this up. He, he, he's, again, he's like the quiet killer. He's a snake in the grass. After this win, he's going to go two and two. He should be better than that. And I think the rest of the way, I don't know, man. I have a hard time thinking he's going to lose any other games. But um, but anyway, so uh, but, so the other scores. So we've got, well, you know, you got your game. And you're now sitting two points behind. But leading into today, you were like, you were, what, you were 10 points? No, maybe not 10 points, I had like a, you, were, you were behind. I was down by like 13 at one point, man. Uh, you made quite the comeback, man, and this has been pretty impressive. And this is the battle of the best, by the way, folks. Like, they're both at 3-0. and So someone's, unless there's a tie in this, because believe it or not, there are ties. There's no way for us to oh, <laughs> add an extra game. If there's a I tie. I pull us out, bud. It'd be impressive. Uh, pulling out a... pull us out. Yeah, but if not, that means one of the undefeated teams is going uh, is going to have the, their first L um, of the year. And the last one is the Buccaneers versus Royals. There is a pounding happening there. The Buccaneers have just oh. taken it to the Royals, forty nine twenty four, and it's there's no <laughs> Scott. there's no hope for Scott today. <laughs> it's just not happening. Um, there's always next week, bud. There's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, with his team. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding, Scott. Um, <laughs> so, but overall, I mean, after like I said, I think earlier, um, the standings are going to be pretty interesting after this week. Uh, it's going to 
balance things out. Mike and I are going to be tied again in our division. And then you've got Ryan at two and two, and Joel's going to be at one and three, which is saying a lot because Joel's got one of the better teams, but he's facing a lot of injuries. But then um, I don't know. I got to think that he's uh, he's going to make a, a climb in the standings at some point, but we'll see. I feel. We'll see if we can get his. I think Joel w- would be smart uh, to make a couple of moves before it's too late. If he wants to try and, and get ahead of this thing, because because of the amount of injuries he's had. He's gonna he's gonna have to sacrifice a couple of picks and that kind of thing, but he's yeah he's gonna need to do something because he can't coast uh, right now. He's just not getting the the point production because of all the all the injuries. So he's gonna have to do something. Well, the next few weeks will be telling. Yes, very. And then if depending on what happens with Mike and Tom, but uh, after that, uh, you know the Bucks are gonna go two and two, Royals are gonna go one and three, and Pond Hogs are gonna go zero oh and four. So Pond Hogs are gonna do well in the draft. We'll just say that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, going around the hall or around the hall, going around, uh, the league now, I just want to, so now like, well, I want to talk about like some, some fantasy points here. Like, like who should people be looking at, uh, who's doing what around the league, that kind of thing. And, uh, I just want to rhyme off a couple of players that people should be thinking about if you're not like, I, I, we need our, we need people to tell us what their fantasy leagues look like in terms of structure and is it daily? Like, are you add drops every day? Do you have keeper leagues? What's the story there? How, how do things roll for you guys? So, you know, head on to our, our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your, what your leagues look like and, and what you guys want to know. But, um, uh, about uh, about players and, and stats and that kind of thing, and, and what kind of help are you guys hoping to get from us? Just gives us an idea of what kind of what kind of leagues you guys are in out yeah. there, and what kind of advice yeah. that we can give you. Um, I mean, all we all we're looking for is a little bit of information from you guys, a little bit That's of it. engagement, and we can give you uh, some uh, some more concise advice, if yeah. you will. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, at the end of the day, Mike and I have been we've been in this league for twenty five years, but we've been doing hockey pools. Like so I, I remember when we were heavy into it, <laughs> I was into like four or five, uh, pools a year. So, uh, yeah, man had to scale back, boy, oh, had yeah. to scale back. It was getting out of control. It absolutely <laughs> was. And the fact that I, the, the fact that things can get pretty expensive pretty fast is another, uh, it's another problem. So, but, um, so a couple of players yeah. I just want to rhyme off is that have been just outstanding. Um, it, there's some obvious one, you know, dry side McDavid that they're always going to be on the list. So just always expect dry side McDavid will be on the list, but Fox, D'Angelo, Kane, Bergeron, Bergeron had that four, four gold night the other night. Uh, Barkov has been killing it, but he's got a, a mystery injury right now. He's day to day. Um, Koskinen. In particular, da- in particular, daily, daily fantasy. Yeah. You want to look at Bertuzzi right now too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I know Raymond, he's, unva- Raymond, too. he's unvaxxed and everything. Yeah, I mean, he's unvaxxed and everything, so you can kind of plug and play a little bit more with him. Yeah, but that's a good point. He's definitely somebody to look at, especially in daily fantasy. Especially, that's right, yeah. Uh, Koskinen, I feel like he's... So is, has Koskinen taken it from Smith now? Is it the timing safe to say? Because I know he's still injured. Smith is still injured, but I think Koskinen is... I, w- I will say it? this. Huh? If I'm Tippett, when Smith comes back, I run with him. I think the only reason you... The only time you throw Smith in when he is healthy and he comes back is when you feel Koskinen... Okay, before he gets too tired, let's throw in Smith because I think oh yeah, I think you do want to be careful with Koskinen. He's he's showing the kind of promise that they've always hoped for years. I think he's and I said this in the other show. Holland's going to be the beneficiary this year of everybody finally figuring out the timing is right for this team. But we're going to get into more into that in the Oily Habs. Let's just let's actually try to keep this thing going. Um, so Koskinen is another one for 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 the the poolies out there that you may want to try and plug in if you can if you haven't already. Um, I think you have him, eh, Shesterkin? Oh, he is a yeah. You've got him. Ah, 
I'm in love with him, and I would love to talk, to talk trade with you, but it'd be awkward to do it on the show. <laughs> but he, I uh, will say, somebody that's even hotter <laughs> than him is Sorokin right now. Oh, good, good pull, absolutely. I mean, he's ripping it up right now. He just took the Jets down last night to nothing. That's uh, that was quite. And that's no easy feat. That's that that's you know the Jets are an offensive force, and it's. It's funny, I, there's something about the Jets, I always expect them to just sort of fall off and, and to not be as offensive as they are, but they've got too much skill, and, and there's Shifley too, he's another one, he's got now a leg issue, he's day-to-day -day as well, I'm not sure what's going on there, but when he's fully healthy, he's, a, he's that extra element that Winnipeg can just throw out there, but you know, Ellers, which you have, and I used to have, and I'm angry that I just let him go for nothing, I think I, I left him unprotected, I think that's what it was, that was a stupid move, uh, Connor yes, as yes, well, that's another did. one. Uh, I think Pierre-Luc Dubois is going to be huge for them eventually, maybe not this year, but I love his game, and I think he's he's a good, you know, rounding out of the top two lines kind of player, so um, they've got a lot of skill. Well, the thing about Winnipeg, Winnipeg, one of the top scoring teams, and that's without Shifley and Wheeler here for bigger chunks that's of the, the season so far, anyway. Absolutely, but... Like Wheeler, I had Wheeler last year, and I I left him unprotected simply because there are some there's some analytics that's happening in Wheeler that are not very positive at all. Um, he's not he's not skating as well. He's not passing as much as he's not finishing his passes. He's not shooting as much as he used to. His plus minus is actually down. He's starting to. It's either he's starting to show his age, or there's something different happening with the system. But I would tend to lean more on the fact that, you know, he's, I think he's 37, um, if not 40. <laughs> so I think he, I, I, I think he's getting there. So I, I enough, enough Wheeler. No, I he's got a couple more serviceable okay. years and, but that, you know, he's, he's on the downward swing for sure. Um, it's something I wanted to mention too, that I saw that I thought was pretty awesome. Um, uh, so Merzinkless, Merz, sorry, Merz Lincoln's, there was a game. Nice. Where and this was about a week ago, but I only saw the highlight a couple a couple weeks or sorry a couple days ago. So it was to ensure that Chesterkin got the shutout against them, and it was sort of like letting the clock run down. And what he did was he called his all. Of, they were down four nothing. The game ended four nothing. So he called all of his players with the puck back. There was about twenty or thirty seconds, whatever it was left on the clock, when he decided to do this. He said, "No, guys, just get back." Just stay back, stay within our zone. So it was the four of them in the Columbus zone. And he's just sitting there like, no, everybody stay here. And then he raised his stick with like five seconds left. And he's like, congratulations. Good for you. Good shutout. It was his first shutout. And he was giving a kudos to him. That kind of stuff. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff where they're, you know, because then, then, you, then you get in. That's what you got to love about hockey. Yeah, exactly. Like That's what you got to love about and hockey. That, that's the other thing. Everyone's, right now, everyone's shitting on hockey, and I get it. It's completely justified. Absolutely. But it's not all bad. Oh, yeah. There's some great camaraderie within this, this sport that people need to understand, too, and it's still there. It's always been there. There's some crap that they need to, you know, they, there's a lot of stuff that needs to, to change. There's a lot that they need to fix in a cultural sense, yes. But, I mean, the heart of the game and the players themselves and, uh, you know, rooting for your team, yeah. that, that doesn't stop, you know? No, exactly. And to me, I love seeing that because it's the kind of stuff that, you know, contrasts the uh, um, the uh, the hit that it was in the Toronto game, Tampa and Toronto. Um, uh, well. Yeah, it was on, the, it was on Marner. Sergeyev's uh, uh, hit on Marner. And there was another one earlier um, in the week. It was in Anaheim, too. Like, someone cross-checked. Like, the dirty plays, like it's that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was on like, Zebras. It's, it's on Zebras. Thank you. That's what it was. It's that kind of stuff that I'm like, is there no 
respect for your common player like you know this is a dirty play don't do it and you know it's easy to say that as a as an armchair uh, fan you're watching a game it's a lot easier when things are broken down into segments the game happens pretty fast and i can appreciate that but there's some things like the circus have hit on marner there's no excuse for that absolutely no excuse whatsoever he knew he was beat and he came at him full blown with the shoulder and i've i've lost all respect for a player like that you know he can change it he can become better at, at his game and he'll regain my respect because obviously my respect for him is very important to him but at some point he needs to decide <laughs> what is like what kind of person does he want to be on the ice like are you the kind of one that respects everybody or are you the kind of one like nah i'll be as dirty as i can i don't care like i don't think there's i don't think ah uh, you're you're always going to get you're always going to get those guys, right? I mean, yeah. you're going to get guys that are going to push the envelope, and that's just the way it's always going to be. Yeah. Now, I mean, right or wrong, I mean, of, of course, you know, everybody will have their opinion on that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think it's something that's going to stop anytime soon. Plus, I mean, no. like you're saying, I mean, the game is just so fast, right? It so, is. I mean, it, it does make it pretty tough here sometimes, yep. especially when they want you to go full bore. And, yeah. And you, know, you got to try and stop on a dime, to, yeah. you know, yeah, it's a, and make the and make those split second decisions. That's right. And meanwhile, I'm sitting here with my giant, you know, beer gut, saying like, oh, you know, stop and make a different play. Like, yeah, okay, it's easy for me to say. So maybe I shouldn't be judgy. <laughs> but anyways, um, so just moving right along, I also wanted to take a quick shout out to Seattle because holy geez, I think this team is going to do something else. Um, I, I I think they've turned a corner. I think having and I got it right now. By the way, the name Drieger. Because I, I took the time to find out. It Dr- is Chris Drieger. Drieger. Yeah, it is Chris Drieger. Is. So Beautiful. I think having oh. him back, I think when you've got Drieger and you got Group Hour as, a, as your tandem, um, you're as good as any team out there. They're like Drieger could be, is honestly, he's a number one goalie in this league already. He kind of proved that last year. He basically took it from Bobrovsky. Like, he didn't just like ask for it gently he came in and said no this is mine and he took it like that's why i was surprised they didn't protect him um not surprised seattle took him he's a world-class goalie and so is grubauer so with these two guys and now they're starting to click like eberle just had uh their first hat trick ever and he's looking really hot lately same thing with Jaden schwartz these players are starting to look really good this team i think now they're starting to see the they're starting to get the luck. They've had the system for the longest of, longest of time. Now they're starting to get the luck because they're playing cohesively and they're getting the bounces. Well, the big thing for me is to find an identity, right? Yes. And that's like, I mean, look, any team, I think in the league, especially an expansion team, and I'll even give them a little bit more leash than this, but usually you want to give them about 20 games, right? Kind of figure out what you're all about, who you are. Yep. But I mean, with an expansion team, I'll give them a little bit more leash than that and you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. I mean, I, I would have to think they're going to be a pretty balanced group, I think is maybe a word that I would use. I don't know if I go so far as saying a defensive juggernaut or anything like that, or, but they, I think they'll be, I think they'll be fair on the defensive side of the puck. And I, again, I think he got two goalies and we talked about this before. Um, I think he got two guys that can potentially steal you games. Yeah. I, I'm not saying, uh, you know, th- does this mean they make the playoffs? I don't know. If if I'm to give a prediction on that, I'm probably erring to the side of you're probably not making the playoffs. You can maybe potentially be into some interesting games beginning of March, middle of March. I would have to say as an expansion team, I'd be pretty happy about that. Yeah. But, but you know, I, 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 I would, I think about, uh, go ahead, go ahead, finish your, sorry, finish your I, I, th- I think, I think a balanced team is probably what you're looking at. I think at the end of the day, these guys, and this is, 
you know, I'm I, I'm just saying this because I, I there's something about this team that I has really spoken to me, and I can't say exactly what it is because it's a bit of everything. It's the players that they got, it's the management that's in there, it's the coach that's in there, it's the colors of their jerseys, um, it's a bit of everything. I feel they've gotten everything right. That I think that gets them to the eighth seed. And I, I, I'm serious. Like, I, I really do feel like they've got enough to make it to the eighth seed. But I honestly, there's a part of me that honestly feels like I hope they don't just because to be that close, like, let's say they end up being ninth seed instead of the eighth. So you're, you're just missing out by a point or two. I, I feel that would be better for them than making it to the playoffs. Because you've got players who have been to the playoffs already. There is experience in that dressing room already. You got Schwartz, you got Grubauer, you got Giordano, you got Eberle. These guys have all been to the playoffs. They know they've got the pedigree, and it's fine. You don't have to make it to the playoffs. But I think as a team, to find out what they're made of and to see, like you had touched on it, where you know, give them something to push for close to it, and then boom, they don't make it. So there's something about being disappointed in a in your in your chase of something that makes next year that much stronger and you're you're a little maybe your passes are a little bit tighter next year right out of the gates maybe your shots are a little bit stronger maybe your aims a little bit better because you went to the gym earlier or you you know you 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 trained a little bit harder or something like I do feel like I do feel like they're going to they're going to be close enough that if they make it to the playoffs I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing bad about making it to the playoffs. But if they're not, they're going to be so close that it's going to be really positpositive for them. It's going to be a good, strong effort for them, and that they're really going to be able. Uh, they're I really think going to be able I to think it'll be right there. I mean, I, I, like I say, I think it'll be to the side where they don't. But I mean, it's a win-win, right? No matter which way you go. Obviously, you get into the playoffs, you get the playoff revenue money. Yeah, yeah. So everybody good. wants everybody, everybody wants, wants that. that yeah. <laughs> if you do, if you don't make the playoffs, you get a bit of a better pick. So I mean, I don't want to. Uh, oversaturate uh, what uh, your points were. Uh, you hit on just uh, just about everything. The only thing that I will add, and if you're loving the crack and just wait, bud, because I found out what the name of their AHL affiliate is going to be. And if you love, if you love everything about it, no, 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 but yeah. it is sweet, right? Did you see it? <laughs> yeah, I think I did see it. I don't oh, remember okay. the name though. It is, what is the it? Coachella Valley Firebirds. Oh, oh <laughs> man, that is amazing! Isn't that and wonderful? I saw the logo. I, I, I remember saw the, the logo. logo. It is sweet. Oh, the logo is yeah, tight. It is. It, is, it tight. is pretty sweet. Like this is what I mean. Like there, there's something about this organization. Coachella Valley. They're doing everything, oh, buddy. Oh man, come on. How, how how do you not love that, Coachella? I mean, man, you got to be kidding me, right? There's. They're doing everything right so early. Like, it's really absurd how good they're doing things already. I knew you'd love it, bud. I knew you'd love it. And it's Seattle, man. Like, how do you not love Seattle? Like, this is just... There's just something about this that is... I don't know. Maybe it's the nostalgia me because I grew up in the 90s and the grunge rock and all that. And Seattle, obviously, you know, the mother of all spots for grunge rock with Pearl Jam Soundgarden. The whole thing. Like, it was Oh, look at Seattle, this, Seattle, right? Going, yeah. You're going Music. back. Going yeah, back. going back. Oh, man. That spot, obviously, means a lot to us uh, growing up, again, with the whole grunge scene. But, uh, I mean, just Seattle just sounds awesome. But everything seems to, be <clears throat> seems to be clicking really well for Seattle. Okay, Seattle, that's all you get for airtime this week. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. Listen, we need to do. We need to talk about this. The uh, the Eichel trade. Oh man, do so we ever? What? <clears throat> like, okay, 
now, did, first of all, did you even realize that Calgary was in the it was in the run? Uh, I I knew that Calgary was in the mix for for the better part of of those discussions of those discussions. Really? Now, now, okay. now hold okay. on here. I mean, I'm not talking about me personally through reading, you know, through Twitter and uh, all of your uh, your favorite folks, Friedman and Chris Johnson and all these boys. Keeping an eye on that. Through that, yes, I was able to uh, decipher that Calgary was in it for quite some time. Um, but, I mean, at the end of the day, I think Vegas completely comes out of this a winner. Obviously, they get the best player in the deal. They got to wait for a little while to get him into the lineup. But if everything goes well, fingers crossed, yeah, you know, you're going to get him back in three to four months. And hopefully that can give him just enough time yeah. to kind of warm up before getting into the playoffs. Yeah, and like does it make them with Eichel and okay, so imagine Eichel's back, imagine Stone's back, Pacioretty's back. Now they're talking about this team being the best in the division. Now, is that do you are you do you believe that? Does it make them the best cuz quite honestly this team has not looked very good early on. They look pretty fragile. Robin Leonard you know, maybe he's distracted a little bit with the whole beach story. I don't want to get into that, but is there distractions? Is there other things going on? Like, what's happening with this team? Because normally Vegas is very balanced. They're very capable of handling moments where their star players are out, but they continue to roll. They've stumbled a little bit out of the gates. Like, what is that all about, really? For me, depth. And what I mean by that is, listen. You're that's, go and that's weird, because Vegas got depth. Well... I mean, when you think of it this way, though, Marty, it's a little bit of a different story. Pacioretty, Stone, you're getting Eichel, uh, you're adding Laner. Somewhere along the line, don't get me wrong, I, I, I like the plan. I like the aggressiveness. Um, I think anybody, everybody loves the aggressiveness, aggressiveness from Vegas. But at some point, that's a lot of money that you're taking on, on, on into this team. And they still have to figure a way to fit in Eichel. Yeah, which is, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great problem to have to try and figure out how to fit in Eichel. Um, but it's I, like, you know, it's not going to take them very long to figure out where Eichel fits. You know, he fits in the top power play and the top, probably, if not the top, then the second line even strength. In terms of his play, he complements just about anybody. Um, he's not a completely one-dimensional player. He's got some flex in both. He can score a goal. He can pass... He's got a bit of both. Not going to be an issue to figure out where, he, how he can make this team better. I mean, it's pretty clear. It's pretty obvious. So, but uh, but there is. There's always a learning curve. There's always a, a time where things need to be figured out. But I think at the end of the day, like because you've got great players like Marcia So Stone, Nylander. Uh, sorry, not Nylander. No, you got Stone, Pacioretty. You got Stone, Pacioretty, Eichel. You got William Carlson, Carlson. Riley it. Smith, Marsh. Yeah. Marsh or so. Like, it's a great squad, like, up and down. Like, there's a, there's so much talent in this team. There's so many different ways I can go and play with whoever it is that he's going to be jumbled in with. Like, and actually, that's the other thing, too. Like, who do you think he ends up with? Which line do you think he ends up with? To me, he's the top line. He's on that top line, is he not? Oh, top line, top power play for me. I mean, this guy's all over yeah. it. I, and I think if because of what now, <laughs> I was going to say because of what they gave up, they didn't really give up a whole heck of a lot. Like, it wasn't. Well, I mean, Tuck's not in your lineup, and he's not going to be in the lineup until sometime in January. And Peyton Krebs just came up due to the fact that they were so injury-riddled. 
Yeah. So, I mean, he was playing kind of a third line, you know, maybe fourth line role. Yeah. I mean, they, they didn't give up much in, in regards to their, their actual roster. And yes, with all of the injuries, I mean, your first line is out of the lineup. So any team is, is going to show depth issues. Yeah. It's not, that's certainly not the case, but with all of these moves that Vegas is making, you are starting to lose some of the depth that you, that you have, have had. So it will be interesting to see how this all goes down the line. I mean, they're just hoping that they can, you know, hold water here until yeah. Eichel gets into the picture or they have a, a bit of a clearer picture in regards to that. But it will be interesting to see. That is, but that again, that goes back to what I find odd about this year's uh, Vegas squad is that they always had a good balance of depth. Like they didn't, they didn't always have Stone, they didn't always have Pacioretty, but they were always competitive. And now all of a sudden, without those two, it's like the rest of the team has forgotten how how they were before those two guys showed up, which they were a great team before. Like Vegas has always been a good team since year one. And now it's like as soon as you've lost your stars, your team has sort of sort of lost their way. They, is that because through the years and going out and getting these better players or better players, sorry, these other players, these star players that tend to sort of lead you in the points category. Now you've lost them. Has the coach changed the system so much so that without those star players, those other complementary players have now lost their way. They're no longer playing. I mean, it's a, quite a possibility going from uh, uh, Galant to uh, uh, DeBoer. I mean, you're going to a more defensive coach for sure. So, I mean, it's certainly a case sure. where, I mean, it's certainly a case where, you know, maybe it's taking a little bit of time that way. Although, I mean, he has been with that club for a little while now. I mean, to me, it's just a case where, you know, you've got so many injuries right now that guys are having to play into different roles and maybe they're playing, uh, you know, a little bit ahead of where they should be, so to speak. But, I mean, once you get, let's face it here, once everybody comes back healthy, I think I think they'll be all right. It's just a matter of... Are they going to have enough racetrack left? I mean, I think at the end of the day, Buffalo got all they could. But, I mean, you're in a tough situation, right? So, I mean, at the end of the day, they they come away with Krebs and Tuck. I mean, I think, uh, I'll touch on it really quickly here. Tuck wants to be there, right? So, I mean, he's from the area. He, he made that pretty obvious pretty fast. Yeah, it's true. He, he, he's, he's from Syracuse, so he's from upstate New York. Yeah. And, you know, he's definitely going to be someone who uh, is going to kind of fly the banner a little bit, if you will, right? And I mean, of course, you get the you get the pick. I mean, it's top ten protected, but still, you get another first rounder, and you know, hopefully, you can hit on it. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> I don't know. It's got to be for as good as Buffalo is playing. Um, everyone knows it's not sustainable. It's disappointing. The team isn't. It's it's disappointing it, return. It, I mean, really. It, it to as a Buffalo fan, I would be. Yeah, I, I would be disappointed. I because you've lost. You're left wanting. I thought. You're left wanting That's exactly it. That's exactly right. Because uh, you didn't get... There was no wow factor in this trade for Buffalo. There was nothing... But there was definitely a, not just a wow factor, but there's like a game changer factor for Vegas. So yeah, you got... In terms of quantity, you got more. But uh, you've got... All you have is hope and promise. You don't really have... You don't have anything to bank on. Um the players you got are going to be complimentary players. They're not going to be a Jack Eichel. Uh, and then hopefully with the picks you got, you know, there's potential. You've got the, you got the hope that you can get something 
but there's nothing guaranteed, right? And and for Buffalo right now, I I, I think as a Buffalo fan, it's been so You're long. selling hope, baby. That's it. And, you are selling hope. And it's been it's been and it's been nothing but hope peddling for years, if not decades. And I would be done with it. Like, well, I mean, hey, listen, we'll, we'll we'll have to see how it all works out for them in the end. It won't. It will be bad. But, I mean, it's not looking so well, good. Well, I mean, there are going to be some lean times, okay? I mean, I don't, you try and be nice about it, but there will definitely be some lean times here. We'll see how this all plays out in regards to some of these picks that they can turn around and, and see what happens. But uh, I don't know, Marty. It's uh, not, not, well, it's, it's not sunny days in Buffalo. Um, all right, so let, let's keep it moving then. Let's just go around the NHL a little bit. One thing I wanted to talk about how Toronto has finally gotten off the schneid. Good for them. The victory in Tampa, honestly, I watched that game real quick. Um, it felt like a playoff game. The atmosphere was awesome. And John, John Tavares is more important to this team than Matthews and Marner, or anybody else, really. He, he has made sure that this team had a reason to hold their head above water when they were sinking. And not only that, now he has he has decided, ah, screw it, I'm going to carry this team on, while Matthews and Marner figure things out. You know, and it helps that they ended up on the same line together, Marner and and, uh, and JT, and and I think that clicking there was a big reason for that. But I, I I think it's more than that. I think it's because JT decided mentally his game. I, I'm going to turn this around. Like the way he stepped in when um, when Marner got that that shoulder in the head again. Uh, and he stepped right in there like the captain should, and and he, you know he stepped right in there and he's like, no, nope, you're not going to be doing this to my to my guys, and you know, and he got in there and mixed it up, and it was nice. And then he also like with the goals he's been scoring and just the way he's been playing, like he makes the games feel like they're playoff games. Like the way he's got that energy moving, he's got that team behind him. He's like, come on, guys, let's get this, let's go. I love it, and it's it's really nice to see. I'm not a huge Toronto fan, but I like seeing uh, that. I mean, he needs to be the backbone of that uh, of that franchise. I mean, he's he's got the pedigree to to got for the captaincy. I mean, he's he's the guy. He's the guy that I, he's like the guy I, that you I, lean on when times are tough, and whenever they were having a see, rough go, he he wasn't he wasn't uh, panicking. He wasn't uh, you know getting no. out of sorts. It was just kind of leading yeah. by example. We'll we'll kind of work our way out of it. They've been playing well. Yeah. They, they have. Well. I think they turned a corner. Um, I st- I still think there's more that needs to be done from Matthews and Marner. I, I I think there's still more that needs to come out of them right now. I don't feel like their their game is quite there. And I know I know Matthews had some time to catch up because he got he was injured and he, he wasn't in the uh, the preseason and stuff like that. But I you know give them a little bit more time. They were doing things right and things were going good for them in terms of the analytics of things. They were you know their time on attack was higher. Their shots on goals were higher. The over. Overall, they were looking good. They just needed luck to start going in their way. And I've touched on this a couple of times, and I'll keep talking about this, how, how you know, in the NHL, you've got a couple of different ways that you can go the way you sort of bring a team together. But if you're smart about it, you do it in two ways at the same time where you got skill in the system. With the, with the Maple Leafs, you're lucky. You've got skill. Like, you've got world-class skill where you've got several players that are in the, the conversation for top 10, if not top 15 at the lowest. Um, in JT, Matthews, Marner, Riley, even Campbell, quite frankly, he's been playing outstanding, and I love it. Oh, he's been playing great. He's been he's, playing outstanding. I, I that was really, a really great game that he played last night, too. I mean, it was a pretty, 
He's the game he played against Boston last night was against a good Boston. Game. Yeah, exactly. Sorry, and I think was it last night or it was against Tampa? It was one or the other where he it wasn't like the stats didn't jump out at the page. I think it was a Tampa game. There was like 24 saves he had, which is out of 25 or 26 shots, whatever it was. And, you know, again, it doesn't jump out of the page. But if you watch that game and you watch him and watch what those saves were at the time, like there's something to be said about a, a timely save. You can have a game where you've led him five goals, but if you and but but it's five five going to overtime. You that one save, it's kind of like, you know, it's like, kind of like golf. You played 18 rounds and you you've shot you know 400, but on the last hole you got a birdie. That's the one you're you're leaving and you're remembering. That's the beauty. That is the one that you remember. And that's the one that's going to get you come back. Same thing with Campbell. But the thing is, is in that game, it's it felt like every single save was an eagle putt. And he like he was just so smart about his positioning, and he's such a well-rounded goalie that I I'm I'm looking at him differently now. At the beginning of the season, I was really like, this is a gamble that's not going to work out. Now Mrazek's hurt again too. Like I still don't have full faith in what they've decided to do, but I think Campbell actually is starting to make me think. You know what? This this guy can carry the load for a while, if not the whole season. I think I'm starting to think that he can. Well, I think that's the question for me is when it comes to workload, right? I mean, he's never really had a massive, mm-hmm. well, massive. I mean, he's never had a solid workload, we'll call it, right? I mean, a good 55, yeah, you know, uh, pushing 60 games. If you know, if he can continue yeah. playing reasonably well like he is, and uh, I mean, we're getting to that 55, you know, 57 game mark. I'm, uh, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be a believer for sure. Um, moving to uh, the <laughs> something I wanted to mention that I thought was pretty funny, and it's not. Sorry, and I should. Yeah, sorry. It's not funny because it's serious. Mike Sullivan, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, he was diagnosed with with COVID now, and it's not funny because he's got COVID and it's serious. But he, I, I'm sure he's going to be fine. But how in the hell is this team not oh and everything at this point? Because now we're down to the coaches getting COVID. Because Crosby came back after an injury, and he got COVID right away. Then we all know what's going on with this team. They, every single player is out. Everything they've got is out. They've got nothing left. They're, they're but yet this team is above 500. Yeah, they're hurting. I mean, th- that, that's a team where some, you know, some unheralded depth is coming through for them for sure, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, it's not even just about death. It's about system. Yeah, that's in that's this for case sure. Here, I think this is. Th- this is this is exactly and this is and I think we're going to talk about this in our third episode but um I feel like that what's going on right now is a um a belief from all the players all the complimentary players to the Malkin and the Crosby and the um Latang it's all these pairs going, all right, we got to do something. So what are you going to do? And then the coach steps in and says, "Listen, this is how we're playing." It's that experience factor, you know. I mean, they know how to win, right? They've got it. Yeah, I mean, not everybody sure. up and down that lineup has been part of these Stanley Cup teams, but a majority of that team has gone through those yeah. those championship seasons, yeah. right? So it's a case where a lot of them do know how to get it done. So that shines through a little bit whenever it, you have your tough times, sometimes a little more positively but, than not. And in Pittsburgh's case, it's been a positive yeah. goal. Yeah, exactly. And it, what what's what's got me loving this Pittsburgh team is that what's happening right now you know, get it out of the way now so that later on in the season when everyone's back and everyone's healthy and you're and you're running on all cylinders. This is a bigger topic, though, but let's say everything goes right and everyone's back. Though These games that they're winning right now and keeping themselves above 500, this is why... This is why you not just make the playoffs, maybe, but maybe why you're in a good seed in the playoffs, too. 
and you that first round and maybe a little bit easier on you because you're doing you're you're winning when you shouldn't be winning that's a big deal for an NHL hockey team when you win when you shouldn't that that is a huge deal that is the difference between making it past the first round and making it to the finals there there's a lot to be said for winning games that you shouldn't be winning I mean you can expect them to go on a run when these guys get healthy, you expect oh. you expect the team to go on yeah. a run. Whether they do or not, it's a different Absolutely. story. But I mean, I think uh, we can definitely uh, see a run in P- Pittsburgh. Got- we can definitely see a run oh, in Pittsburgh, yeah. and I can certainly see them getting themselves into the mix for sure. And not just and, and not just There's no reason not and to. not just the last seed. I mean, I you know if they can, again if they can hold water here for a little bit, you know you're getting Malkin, you're getting Crosby back, Latang's come back into the lineup now. You're starting to get some of that yeah. championship pedigree back into. The, back into your roster so yeah. i mean that's certainly going to help uh you know real life and and of course fantasy as well and another team actually that i i that it's sort of doing the same thing but not with as many injuries but it's a it's their cousins the philadelphia phillies or flyers sorry <laughs> the phillies um the flyers are a team quietly becoming and actually that's the other thing too is that division the metropolitan division uh, there's something about that it's it's every that's a heavy like, division I don't know man. people know this every single team in that division is above 500. They're the only division in the league like that. And that's disgusting. And I, I, I don't know how you make that work. Right now, Pittsburgh is actually out of the playoffs, but they have, they're above 500. And that's only because of timing. Watch, Pittsburgh will be, like, obviously, they're going to be one of the top teams uh, in, in, the divi- in the league, actually, at one point. But, um, but I, I, I look at Philly, and I'm like, well, hold on a second here. How did this happen? And there's something happening in Philly that happened uh, a few years ago. I, I want to say it was around 17-18 when Giroux quietly accumulated over 100 points in that season. And he did it out of nowhere. And nobody saw it coming, obviously. It was, a, it was a big surprise to everybody. And that's what's happening right now. He's got 12 points in 10 games, five goals. He's doing it again. And he's actually in the top three scorers, or the top two scorers, sorry, on the, on the Phillies are both at 12 and 10. So... This team, and they're so there's eight teams in that division that have a plus dif- uh, goals for goals against differential. They're one of those one of those eight teams out of sixteen. So they're in the mix of the top teams. Yet I don't feel people are talking about the Flyers that much as being a contender. I think their goaltending situation is top notch. I think their defense is top notch, and I think their forwards are top notch. I think this is a team to really take seriously. They're six two and two. Well, I mean, to me. Where the big changes come is in nets. Now, I mean, Carter Hart isn't lighting it up on fire, but he's three and two, two forty one goals goals against average, nine twenty six save percentage, and here's the nice part about it: Martin Jones undefeated this year, three uh, three and zero, oh, one six seven GAA, nine fifty save percentage. Listen. I, I, I'm not saying that Martin, you know, Martin Jones is uh, the second coming of, uh, you know, Rogie Vasho here. <laughs> but what I am trying to say is he slipped in. He slipped into that backup role real nice. He's given Carter Hart a little bit of, yeah. you know, a little bit of breathing room. Uh, you know, Jones isn't going to come out, come in and take the starting job from him. He knows that. So. He's in a, he, no, but to be honest, this is actually the perfect placement for Jones. Uh, this is actually it, it's, what he it's needed. It's pretty good because when he left San Jose, when he left San Jose, you know, I'm sure he left with his head with with his head down because his downfall came out of nowhere. There's no reason for him to not be a good goalie anymore. It really came out of nowhere. But for I mean, him, he's never really been in my eyes. He's never been a starting goalie. 
I mean, he he's a great, you know, 1A, 1B, but, I mean, he was, to me, he was playing too much in San Jose. That's just me personally. But, I mean, I think he fits in really, really nice with uh, with Philadelphia. And, yeah. and especially and especially because you know, and organizationally, organizationally, Carter Hart knows that, you know, they're not going out and getting Jones to push him for a starter's job. It's exactly. like here, it's like Carter, it's yours. Try and get it's, it yeah. done. And yeah. if you don't, we got a guy that has been a starter in the league, yeah. but obviously way better fit in into a, uh, a backups role for sure. Yeah. You want Carter Hart to be the one, but you're okay with giving him a break because he's going to need that every, every once in a while. But honestly, that's another duo that I have gotten zero issues with. And I just love how quiet they're being about this. Philly's not making too much noise, but really... If you got to pay attention to this team. Like they're not. I mean, you got you know, a decent coach there too, right? I mean, you got a veteran oh, yeah. coach that's able to kind of get what he needs out of them. And yep. I mean, it, it, they're they're looking good. I mean, that they're whole making division, it happen. That division, that whole division is going to be a monster, oh. though. Oh, that's going to be hard. Uh, okay, and I think this brings us nicely into our next segment. And this is the one. This is what I'm. Uh, this is what I've been looking forward to. Oh, this yeah. is our. Th- this this is going to be fun. So this is our. It might be a little late for some of you, but I, you know, we wanted to do it anyways because it is a lot of fun. This is our crazy predictions for 21-22 season. This this is where Mike and I get to have a little bit of fun. And when we say crazy predictions, like we were looking for things that maybe seemed a little bit outlandish and try to prove it right. Tell me why this crazy idea of yours is going to make it. So Mike, why don't you go first? All right, buddy. So my first one is that the Calgary Flames will win the Western Conference. Sorry, Marty. Oh, this hurts. <laughs> I know, I know. But I'll explain because why. I see, I'll, the, I'll, I see the value in it. That's part of I know advice. you do. I, and I knew you would. I knew you would. I mean, it's, it's pretty evident, obviously. Now, look, as it stands right now, it's like, okay, that's really not that big of a hot take there, Mike. But when you see that Edmonton is playing the way they are, and the way they're getting it done, it kind of, you know, you got to wonder, can Edmonton kind of push the bound, you know, push the envelope in regards to an offensive juggernaut, right? But yeah. let me explain Calgary. 7-1-3. Uh, they're sitting with an 18, uh, plus 18 for gold differential. So they're they're sitting pretty, pretty def- defensively stout too. I mean, you've got great coaching. Uh, solid in goal, obviously. Markstrom sitting there with a 165 goals against average, 942 save percentage, five and one with four shutouts, man. That's disgusting, eh? I know, seriously. But I mean, to me, I what I see in Calgary, um, and it may, maybe this maybe this whole thing goes down to me being biased a little bit. When Montreal went to the playoffs last year, yeah. Uh, forget that it was a magical run. Forget that they really had no business being there. Yeah. But what did shine through? was how heavy that top four was. Oh. And if you go, I, I'm not going to name them all off, but if you go to any any website, NHL.com, anything like yeah. that, and check out how big and heavy that Calgary defense yeah. is, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I got to wonder if that's what can end up stopping Edmonton and putting an end to that uh, that little run. We'll see. But as it stands right now, they're looking they're looking real good. There's not much about this team right now that I don't feel they're doing wrong. I, I mean, honestly, they're 
up and down every game. It seems like there there's there's always a reason for them. And actually, their most recent victory against New York that kind of sort of I mean uh, really showed a, a, New York's playing well too. That's the thing. Take them seriously. Like that Calgary can beat the best of them. Then you need to start taking them seriously. I'm starting to think this is really not a fluke anymore. Um, it, it's, uh, to, it's pretty to me, Marty, it was a statement game. To me, it was a statement game. Uh, and actually, did you see the goal um, that Calgary? Uh, so it was Kachuk. Uh, Kachuk. See Kachuk's goal. You know what it is, eh? I mean, the, the feeling I got was like, <laughs> oh yeah. So my brother gets a captaincy. Okay, well, you know, I'm gonna have to go. Yeah, <laughs> gonna have to go out there and you know put it through the legs and uh, yeah. So there you have it. So yeah. So it's brotherly competition. Oh, Which yeah. one's older? Uh, it's uh, Matthew's a little bit older, I believe. It is Matthew. Okay. So that's what that was. I can't let my younger brother show me up here. So I'm going to have to do something here. And did he ever like, Yikes. wow, Yikes. we had a good, we had a, we had a good couple of days of, uh, of, uh, some pretty goals happening there around the league. Oh yeah. But that one was pretty sweet. Um, so that's my first one, Marty. So you're up, buddy. My, uh, yeah. so this one, I hope people get angry about this one. So St. Louis will win the cup. <clears throat> so they, and they, a lot of people forget that they won it just in 2019 with basically the same team they'll, they'll and and the, the reason why I think they'll actually do it again is because they're going to have three or more 30 plus goal scorers. So any of O'Reilly, Cairo, Tarasenko, who is just anybody who had a sniff at Tarasenko and decided not to must be kicking themselves now because man, has he ever proven them wrong? He is completely fine. Uh, Perron is another one too. Barbashev could actually do something impressive as well, but um, they're all trending in the right direction, but uh, the depth on the blue line is, is as impressive as any team out there. Uh, Scandinella and Periaco will have career years, in my opinion. This is why these are reasons why St. Louis is going to win the cup. And one of the biggest one of the biggest ones in all this is Bennington. Um, he's going to be in the in the conversation for the Vesna. And uh, and you know again the deep forward lines it's uh, it's an interesting stat that exists out there right now and it's called uh, loving Cairo and Thomas buddy loving Cairo and yeah Thomas. I see I didn't even mention Thomas that's that's the depth of this team like it's disgusting they're at the top of the of their division right now and rightfully slow and I like how there's not too much chatter about this team right now it seems like a lot of people are talking about Carolina and Florida and that's justifiably so. But I think what's going to happen is Carolina is going to get a little too cocky. They're already a little too cocky, and that's going to hurt them in the long run. They're going to be fine in the playoffs. They're going to make it, and they're going to make a long run. But eventually, they're going to get just a little too cocky about it, and they're going to fall. Florida, I think they're going to be similar situation, but not in the cockiness. There's going to be eventually Joel, uh, Joel Kenville leaving is going to catch up to them. He, you know, he did the right thing by resigning, but I think he was doing such a good job with this team that he had them going in a certain direction. And I think eventually that kind of tails off and something else comes up because he's not the coaching anymore. So and I know the assistant coaches can sort of pick up the slack, but I think eventually what happens is that the system kind of changes enough that it, 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 changes, that, it changes it in the middle of a season that's going too well and it, the change is at the wrong time. So I think that's going to affect them too poorly. And that's going to benefit St. Louis. And at the end of the day, they're the ones that are going to stand on top. And some, there's a stat that I need to point out that's very important, and I think it proves my point. There's a stat that exists out there, and it's called a team goal scored above, expect above expected, which means there's a consensus for teams out there to score a certain amount of goals throughout the year, and the stat comes up every once in a while. And St. Louis right now sits at number two with a plus 6.2. The team above them is Florida, and that kind of makes sense. But really, at the end, St. Louis, who's more known for their defense than their offense, is sitting 
up higher than they should be in terms of scoring goals. And I say their defense because at the end of the day, too, that's doing all right. In the same concept, there is a, another stat out there that's team saves above expected. They're also sitting pretty at a plus 7.7, also at number two. So they're already overachieving above what they already what the experts already assumed they would do. So they're already well above they should be. That's why I think that's one of the main reasons why I think St. Louis ends up winning the cup. Well, like I mean, that's some pretty good points there, Marty. I mean, I I gotta feel like they have as good a chance as anybody. They're 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 solid up and down, good coaching. You've got a goaltender that's been there before, so knows how to get it done. You've got the players that know how to get it done. So that pedigree throughout the lineup is there. You throw in Cairo, you throw in Thomas, uh, and again, it, it's a it's a case where you've got some of that depth, right? So they they can weather a storm a little bit. They can weather the storm. Oh a God, bit. yeah, for sure. And especially in the playoffs, you know, you need those complementary players because again, like it always happens. We talked about this in the first episode where it always happens. You know, there's going to be when you're in the playoffs, attention drawn to your talk players and they're going to take most of the grunt that's why you need your secondary players to step up and sort of f- fill in the gaps because you know your top players aren't able and then when you're talking about a team like the st louis blues who have talent up and down this this lineup and at any given point you've got three lines of at least one guy on that line that's that can score 30 or more goals in a season then what come the playoffs they're able to step up as well so it's it, it's just it it's never deep. ends with it's st louis and that's it yeah. at the end of the day it's just deep so you know good luck trying to prove me wrong but go ahead on our twitter insta or Facebook <laughs> or Facebook, <laughs> and uh, you know tell me why i'm wrong but i'm not next well, up i've got the, i've got the next up here so I would say that this is probably the one that I feel most confident in, to be very honest with you. And I say the Islanders are going to come out of the East. Well, that's weird. So here are a few reasons why. You've got a really, really great tandem in Sorokin and Varlamov. I mean, if anybody has any kind of an injury, you've got a complete 1A and 1B there right now. Um, They are going to be on a 13-game uh, away road trip to start the season. And they are currently sitting at 5-2-2 two, and two with a plus-five goal differential. And Sorokin himself is sitting at 5-2-2. Two, and two. He's got a uh, goals against average under two. He's got a, nine th- a 9.39 save percentage. And he's got a couple of shutouts to boot. Look, it, uh, like it... It's not like it's impossible for them to come out of the East, but I think you're, I, th- I like that you're doing this now in in the segment called Crazy Predictions because I do think this is crazy. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. I think this may come back to haunt you, Marty. I really do. No, I think this I, like, is. You know what I think this is? I think this is another team that's just like Calgary. I mean, I think they're kind of bi- a little bit built that way, built for the playoffs. They're heavy. Uh, I mean, don't forget, this is a team that took T-Bay to seven games, man, and T-Bay only won one nothing yeah. in that game seven. So, the, uh, you know, they've been there. They've got a great coach in trots. I don't know, man. Yep. You know what? I, I really think that, that might be a sneaky good prediction right there. That's, that's one I'm I, keeping in the back pocket for sure. Okay, and and all I'll, all I all I will say is that they I will they've got reason to be the team out of the East for sure because um, it's not 
it's not that crazy because again, they, they, they're a good team. They're, they run a system and everyone buys into it and they're, you know, and I honestly, I love Matthew Brazil. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the, in the NHL right now, but, um, and they've got some complimentary players too, that really stand out. But at the end of the day, I think what, I, I think what really bothers me to say that this is going to work out is that they are so heavily reliant on that system and nothing else. I think the greater teams have the benefit of system and skill, and they just don't have enough skill to go too deep. I might be wrong, though. Maybe the goalie situation this year is the skill secret, um, but I I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Nobody, I think, oh, I don't know. I, I, I feel, I feel good about this one. This is one I think we may make a side bet on off the okay. show. Okay, I'm up for that, but I, you know, I've got no issues taking your money because you're definitely way off base on this one. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty confident in that one, but it, it might not be that, you know. Because okay, how about we'll put here's an idea. We're gonna put your New York out of the East versus my next one here. Done. And my next one here, I know this is gonna piss off a lot of people. <laughs> So my next one, this one is Colorado Avalanche will miss the playoffs. Not only will they miss the playoffs. Oh, they oh. Will have, they, oh. It gets worse. It gets much worse. They will have no winning streak longer than three games throughout the entire season. And even those will be rare. Maybe they'll have two of those. And that'll be it. They don't even have one yet this year, which is, you know, season's still early. But they have not had a winning streak uh, of three games yet this year. Uh, they, there's no, there wasn't enough movement in the offseason. There's no real depth. Kumper will eventually be able to carry this team, but not this year. The misuse of Bobrovsky is a big reason why this team is not going to be able to do anything else. They've been hanging their hats on players like Kadri, Kumper, and Yost playing roles bigger than their pedigree. They just they cannot handle this kind of pressure. Uh, they think they've got depth with these players, but it's not depth. It's just names. On paper, they, this might look good, but that's not what this is. They're, they, those players have actually proven time and time again they, they can't really be relied on for, for any big stretches or for anything Im- important. And if there's if after this, and if I'm right with this, which I, I honestly do, I, I feel pretty happy about this. I'm loving this bet uh, right big now. Changes. I'm loving this bet, folks. <laughs> So I what yeah I'm I'm interested in knowing what people think is the bet better safer with New York coming out of the East or is it safer with Colorado not making the playoffs? Oh man! But, uh, and I'm so I'm so I'm going to say this too. Okay, and this is I'm going to go back to the same kinds of stats that I just said with St. Louis. Okay, so they are so okay. Let me just make sure I'm reading this correctly here. So uh, so St. Louis here we are seven. So guess where the Avalanche are? Okay, right now in terms of uh, goals expected to score. They're sitting at 22nd with a minus 4.7. A week ago, they're at a minus 3.8. So they're trending in the wrong direction already. Okay, so they're they're in the negative five goals per game, not per game, but like per stretch that they're they were expected to have had at this point. And not just that, so they're expected saves category as well. They're in the basement at 30th with a negative 6.1. So they're not scoring and they're not stopping the puck. And that's the that's the Colorado Avalanche for you this year. They're underperforming big time. They're a team that has always had the system of players. So they 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 have the benefit of Nathan uh, and Rantanen, which I still want, and I know you have him, <laughs> and, and Landeskog. But Landeskog is another one too. I have an issue with Landeskog. I feel like he doesn't have what's necessary to. I feel the expectations for him are always bigger than what he can deliver. I think this team at the end of the day doesn't really have enough skill to go around, but that's how they play. 
Like they're one of the teams in the NHL. Everyone says like, oh, they got there's too much skill in that and on that squad for them not to be considered. Yeah, you know what? I think you're wrong. I don't think there's enough of it going around, and all the other reasons I just listed out too as well, like the the misuse of um, Bert uh, Burakovsky. Yeah, like the the way they're not using him correctly, they keep shuffling him in every line, and honestly, he's doing well in every line that he gets shuffled into, but. You need consistency. You need to find that consistency. And he honestly, he should sit on the second line and just leave it there and let them let that second line be a dangerous line for other teams to contend with and figure out your top line with you know Nathan and Gabriel and and uh, and uh, Miko. So you know, just stop playing around with it so much and you, and you'll be fine. But I think I still think there's too many moves that need to be made. I think you know just doing the one move or the two moves that Sackett did over the offseason wasn't enough. Relying still on Kadri and 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 uh, and Kumper and, and anyways, it's just it's not good. I don't know. I've got nothing for this team. I hear you. I, I I hear where you're coming from, and I understand your point. But man, not making the playoffs. I gotta say, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm liking this yeah. bet. I'm liking this bet. I think it works okay. in my favor. We'll see how it all ends up at the end of the day. But yeah. I mean, hey, it's a hot take for sure. You're definitely sticking your neck out yeah. there. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's a, I don't mind. a consensus uh, team to go to the cup, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it all okay. plays out for them. All right, what's your last one? Ovechkin's going to score 65 goals this year, man. I don't know if that's a hot take. <laughs> that's that's at the way the way he's going right now. That seems a, like a pretty safe bet. But 65? Has he done 65 yet? That's the highest season he's had. Is 65. So he sits with 10. So he's going to. He's sitting right now with 10. The the highest he's ever scored this year. Wow. Yeah. He'll he'll match it. He'll match it. So he's got 10 and 11 as it stands right now. His career rate is 0.61. So he would need to score at a 0.76 rate, roughly, the rest of the season. Here's Here's where I think he can do it. There's more. uh, There's the crackdown on cross checking this year. So you're getting a few extra yeah. calls this year in regards to that. And the thing yeah. and the thing that really sells me on this is the fact that Backstrom's not there right now. That's a good point. So he's still cranking him out pretty pretty good here without Backstrom either yeah. on five on five or on that lethal power play. So look, I mean, crazy bold predictions. Maybe it's not so crazy, maybe it's not so bold, but it's uh it's you know it's still something at the end of the day. I think it's going to be tough for him uh, to to get it done. If I'm being realistic, yeah, six but, five is hard. But I mean, there's definitely the outside chance he can get this done for sure. Yeah, if he if I, he can, yeah. if he can keep it up, I mean, he's on that trend right now. And like I say, without with, with Backstrom, sure. I mean, it'll yeah, be tough. That, that's it'll, a good point. That is a very good point too. The fact that Backstrom's not around right now too. It'll be tough, and the only re- and the only reason why I think he may not be able to get it done is just with an injury, like if an, one injury and, you have to and, assume and, at some and point, it's his, yeah. and it's his age. But at the end of the day, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, that I think that that's a possibility. I don't know, and that one actually kind of goes against my last one too. And I, I I gotta say that I think this is this might be another side bet. People are gonna have to let us know which one they think is the safer bet because my last one is that McDavid will leave the league in goals at sixty plus. So if that's my prediction, and you're predicting 65 for Ovechkin, that means my prediction, McDavid's going to have 65 or more. And I, that's, that is my final prediction, that McDavid leads the league in goals. And right now, you know, Dreisaitl's kind of leading that team a little bit, but I, <laughs> tell me you didn't see that goal. 
Oh, and everybody man. knows the goal I'm talking about. Right through four players. Like that, that's a beauty. That's what I'm talking about, man. Like I like Ovechkin has got. You remember when Ovechkin first started and one of his the first highlight real goals was. That's actually, video game, goal. man. That's video game. That, it's beyond video game. Like it's really him decide like reading the play and and deciding. You know what? Enough of this. I, I'm just gonna do this myself. And then just just okay in the best league in the world against a really really strong defensive team going right through them like they're made of nothing and that the the beauty at the end the move on like to beat the goalie just with no room to do that in and within the speed that he does it the hand speed that he does it like it's just everything about it that tells me that he's 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 i don't know he's fine-tuning his goal scoring game which is a ridiculous thing to say because the guy's already a, a beast in scoring goals and getting points and all that but i find he's like he's quietly just fine-tuning a few things before he's about to go off i i honestly think he's going to get a couple of stretches it's like more than one where he's going to get like 10 games where he's scoring like three goals per game like I'm not saying he's going to score 30 goals in a 10 game stretch stretch but what I'm saying is that at the end of that 10 game stretch he's going to have like let's say 15 goals or 16 goals and then he's going to it's going to be a bit of a lull by McDavid Sanders and then he's going to do it again and I think that's what gets him to the goal scoring lead and I think he wins it I think he gets the Maurice Richard trophy this year and I think he that's 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 my that's my prediction, which essentially is against yours. And you know what? This actually kind of uh, this segues beautifully into our next segment, Oily Habs. So why don't we just move right into that, and we'll just keep keep on the Oiler tra- Oiler train here. Um, so you know, aside from the fact that you've got Drysidle and McDavid, okay, playing the way they're playing right now too, and that's the thing too. Like Drysidle, every once in a while, he he's in that conversation for you know maybe not best in the world, but he's always. I I've seen a couple of lists recently where he's not at number two he's you know further down at number six and stuff like that and that bothers me because dry sidle is he's already proven that he's number two in the world he 100 percent. there is no arguing that mcdavid is number one but there are moments where dry sidle is clearly in the conversation for number one but every but then mcdavid does what he just did and then you're like ah oh, that's why you're number one but dry has carried this team several times before on nights where McDavid is actually there. Uh, Drysaddle a couple nights ago had a four-point night where McDavid only had one assist. And, and that's not the first time he's done stuff like that. Like, he continues to plug in the holes, which is a stupid thing to say when you've got McDavid playing, but sometimes there are holes. And maybe they're focusing a little bit too much on McDavid, and Drysaddle's like, yeah, you guys are forgetting about me. Like, And it's it's great because it's the qui- it's a snake in the grass moment where you you think you can forget about Drysaddle and and just hope for the best, but you can't. You really really can't. I mean, if you're Drysaddle, can you not love that? I mean, most of the time yep. you're not you're not getting the you're not getting the checking assignments uh, yep. on your line like you would the McDavid line, right? And especially yeah, exactly. if they're playing if they're, especially if they're playing a part. I mean, this guy must just love it, right? Like getting kind of the other team, the other team's like secondary defensive uh, forwards out or, or defensive joke. unit. Oh man, it's a joke. Like it must oh, be man. great for that guy. And it, and it and it goes all the way through the list. Like I don't know if you're watching Hyman playing at all, but Hyman's playing in a way that I've like. If you were to take Bergeron and Marchand and mix them out, you would get Hyman. It, it maybe not to the full extent of the skill, but you get a player like Hyman who's in their faces, it's kind of, but not like the way Marchand does, but he's in the corners, getting the pucks, getting the rebounds with like 100 shots a night. Like he is all over the place doing everything he can. He's got a point a game, and that's because he's been shuffled through the lines a couple of times. And I don't, 
I'm not a big fan of that. I, I think you you leave Hyman alone on the line with his with I think it's Nuge and uh, Yamamoto. I think that's your second line. If you're not going to have him play with McDavid, then that's your second line and just stop stop horsing around with it because the the third and fourth are done, and then at that point, obviously, your first is done. So just leave Nuge, Hyman, and Yamamoto alone, and you're going to see some magic. I mean, I, you got to love the way Nuge is playing right now. If you're an Oilers fan, that's for oh, sure. Oh man. I don't care if he doesn't get a single goal all year. Keep him doing what he's doing. It's awesome. He has discovered a, a Gretzky-esque way of playing this game, and he's got the benefit of having McDavid, Hyman, and Dreisaitl around him. I love it. It's awesome. And this, and now, of course, with Koskinen finally figuring it out, tell me this team doesn't make it to the playoffs and to the finals. Like we talked about in episode, episode one, where it's a disappointment if they're not in the finals. Like the way they beat New York, they came back to win that game. They were down and out. They showed no quit. And then you've got the luxury of McDavid saying, screw it, I'm going to finish this off myself, and he does. Well, if the you way this talk, team's got no quit. If you want to talk about figuring it out, what about Pugliarvi? 12 points in 10 games, man. It, this is what I'm saying. The, these, these players who had took them so long to figure this stuff out, they needed the benefit of time and putting them in the right place. Kazian is another one where he had no business being in the top two. He's in the third where he belongs, and it's good. He might be getting some player power play time, but actually I don't even think he is. I think the balance of this, of this team and these younger players finally figuring it out, the timing of things and the holes being plugged, Holland's done a great job. And I think going forward this week, so, they're play, so this week they're playing uh, Detroit, Boston, Buffalo, and St. Louis. What they need to do this week is they need to show that they continue showing that they've got no quit. So against teams like St. Louis and Boston, don't quit. You might come out losing those games, but I don't see how they do right now. They might lose against St. Louis, probably not against Boston. They're not playing that great. But you don't quit. No matter what you do, play to the very last second. If you lose, you lose by a goal, but that's fine. And I think the games that you have to win, teams like Detroit and Buffalo, you don't lose those games. You really, and I don't see why they would, but that's what they need to do this week. They need to beat the teams they have to beat, and the beat and 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 the teams that they that are that are some of the top teams in the league. Just show them that you're not going to quit, and that this year is different. That it's going to be a lot harder for the top teams to beat you because in the past, whenever they came around players or sorry, whenever they came around teams that were better than them. It showed, and, and there was a quit there. This year, I feel that they, they've got that little bit different edge about them, and they've got the no quit in them. That's why they went in, and, and they, they beat New York the way they did. They came back, and there was no quit, and they need to keep, the, they need to keep doing that. I don't know. that. I mean, they're in, a, they're in a pretty good spot. Now, as for my Habs, that's a whole different oh. can of worms here. Wow, man, is it ever getting ugly, eh? Like, it is uh, an absolute tire fire right now. Like, I feel Th- bad. Oh, feel bad. I do. I, my, my heart goes out for you guys. Dude, like, I, is... I mean, I don't even know where to begin right now. I mean, it's, it's all, everything's ugly. Three and 10. I mean, they're, they got a minus 19 differential in goals for and goals against, but it is, oh, it is not looking pretty right now. Um, oh, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to say this at least. I did watch a little bit of the game against Vegas and they were, especially in the first period, they were out shooting, what was it? 20 to one at one point. The first period was good. And that was it, man. Yeah. That's it. But that's the thing. Like, and that's the problem with Montreal right now. Their, their identity is not completely there. Their cohesiveness is not completely there. Had they kept up what they did in the first period, everything would have been fine. They would have come out with a win. 
but there didn't. There was a there was either there was a quit there or they just didn't know how to handle the fact that, well, we're doing everything right. Why are we winning? But they were. They were up to nothing at one point. And then it just the wheels came off. And I don't know, man. For me, What's it goes down for me, it goes down to Shea Weber. It really does. Oh. I mean, you, you you he is I think we're starting to see by by how Montreal is playing and just that I, it's not, I don't even think it's so much a lack of leadership. It's the fact that you took out such a massive leader. Like, we're, talking, we're not just talking about yeah. the, the, the uh, Montreal Canadiens. We're talking about a, a league. Like, this guy was just seen as a, the consummate professional, a consummate leader. And I think whenever you take that out of the room, they're, they're still trying to find their place, I think, Marty. I really, really do. I mean, you've got, well, yeah. got, you've got guys in there that can lead, but I think that Weber was such a massive presence that you take him out of the equation. I mean, look, it right. doesn't help that, that for the first month of the year, price isn't around, but at the same time, yeah. I just, I go back to Weber and just, I think when you take that out of there, you, you're, the people are still trying to find their place. You know what I mean? Uh, I, yeah. I think it just, I, I think it really comes down to that for me personally, um, I mean, you know, this is a team on paper that shouldn't be as bad as what they, the way what they are right now, not by a long shot. I mean, I, this isn't. I, I can't see even sit there and say it's a playoff team, but I can certainly say that they should be better than what they are. I will go as far as I will agree with you as far as it takes me to the goalie. I have felt strongly since day one that, again. I'm expecting Jake Allen to be what Carey Price is to this team. And I don't think anyone's asking him to be that. But I think I, I think inherently you sort of think that that you just you sort of think that's where things are supposed to go. Price is your star. It's the reason why you win games. Now you're the backup goalie and price is nowhere to be found. You inherently take on that responsibility to a degree because the the team is built around the goalie winning you some games. If the goalie doesn't win you some games, then the team loses. I'm not saying Jake Allen is telling himself, if I don't act like Carey Price, you know, this team loses, but I'm saying that is the reality of the situation. If this team doesn't have a uh, Carey Price winning them games, this team doesn't win games. If, you know, if Jake Allen doesn't come out and cycle the puck the way Carey Price does, this team doesn't win games. And that's the biggest issue with this. There are other issues, minor issues around, but you can get around those. But not when you've got Jake Allen trying to fill Carey Price's shoes. This is it's the just too big of a drop-off. You're just 100%. 100%. When you got Jake coming in there, I mean, he's done well in St. Louis before, and he's had that starter's job, but it's just a case where, I mean, he, he's... He's more suited now to that, to that. Well, he's a, and it's not just that, it's that it was an extended period of time too, right? Like, I mean, if the injury was a couple of weeks and I mean, if the injury is a couple of weeks, I think you have more, it's a bit of a different story here, but he's had to carry the load a little bit. And, and again, you going back to the Weber thing, you're losing that leadership off the ice, but we all know what you're losing on the ice as well. Exactly. And that, and that is at the end of the day, that's where it's going to hurt you the most. It's on the ice. And unfortunately that translates into a lot of, a lot of L's, no W's for that. So sorry, Habs fan, but it doesn't get better for you until price comes back. And even there, I think the damage is done and you guys are nowhere near the playoffs. It doesn't. Oh, it is in tough, man. It's in tough. I had a great conversation with a buddy of mine over the weekend who who mentioned the fact that 
one thing that you'll never see in Montreal is you you'll never see a rebuild because the fans won't allow it. Like the fans expect every year that they're in the playoffs, and that's part of the problem. They're gonna have to have one, though, Marty. They're gonna have to have one. Oh, I, I mean, I I couldn't agree more. Someone, but some brave GM is gonna have to step in there and go. You know what? We're doing this, and take the take the punishment from the fans for the years that it takes for you to actually get this thing done. You need to just sort of step in and be okay with taking a punishment, taking a beating. So there's gonna have to be some lean years here at some point, but. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it all goes here. As as long as Price is around, I think that you're you're kind of you're in one direction as long as he's around. That's right. Hopefully, he's and he is coming back on Monday too. He's going to need a couple of weeks to to get to you know to, into game shape and stuff like that. But happy to hear we'll that probably he's probably throw though. him down to the A for a little bit. I would imagine something like that. Anyway, just to just to get him comfortable, get his feet wet a little bit. But I at the end of the day, I'm just I'm happy to see him back. It, it's better for the league as a whole to have Carey Price playing hockey. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so we're gonna we're gonna now shift into the last segment for uh, for the show. Beauties and the Beast. Beauties and the Beast, bud. Beauties and the Beast. Oh my goodness! Oh, this is this is a bit of an easier segment, um, in my in my opinion. Uh, the the Beast part is to me is the funnest part of this, but uh, the beauties are. I don't know. It's like it's easy. It's easy to find because there's there's right now. I feel there's there's a lot of positive. Um, there's a lot of players doing. Well, in a fantasy way. Yeah, and and maybe that makes it hard, too, because there's just so many of them, because there are. There's a lot of players doing a lot of good right now, but... Uh, hey, it's a ton of content for us, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Um, I, I'm going to be quick about this for, for my, my beauties, because there's not much more that can be said that I haven't said already about Leon, Leon Dreisaitl. He's my number one, who's consistently an easiest player to pick at number two in the world, if not number one. And he I've, I've said this already, he outperforms McDavid from time to time. Um, he's scoring, he's actually got more goals than McDavid right now, I believe at 10, uh, 10 to 8 kind of thing. And um, if, you're not, if you're not careful with McDavid, he might actually, or sorry, if you're not careful with Dreisaitl, he, I, I mean, honestly, I could, I could see him actually leading the league in points over McDavid. Even if, so they're, either, even if they're both healthy, I just think he's got that that pedigree about him. He could be that kind of a player. He is that special. Um, I'm putting him in this week, and I'm probably gonna feel like putting him in every week after. But I, I promise, it, it, this will. <laughs> I won't just keep putting him in there because it's just too easy. Same thing with McDavid. It's just too <laughs> easy because you could easily put McDavid in right now and Drysaitel, uh, and just put in the whole Edmonton squad and be done with it. But uh, that might be a bias. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then I got Patrick Kane in there, and um, it, it, he's been oh nice, yeah, he's been he's and I've got him in my in my pool, and he has been playing very big on a horrible team. Um, you know, they, actually, their head coach just got fired too. But uh, Patrick Kane has just been lighting it up. Uh, he's six points in two games at one point, four goals, two assists. Uh, he's and he was out for a while too uh, with COVID, so he missed some time. But he doesn't look like he's slowing down at all either. And actually, Patrick Kane, I believe, is going to go down as the uh, the the best American hockey player ever. In my opinion, he is. He, I, I feel he's already there, at least in the conversation. Um, but I feel by, by the time he's, because he's 33, by the time he's done with his career, he's the best U.S.-born hockey player of all time. I, I'm just, I'm going on the record right now saying that, and I feel very confident with that. I have no issues with that. And then my last player I'm going to pick is, uh, and I talked about him already, uh, JT, John Tavares. For the way he's, not only the way he's scoring, but the way he's leading this team, um, he's been keeping them together with his leadership and his play, and he's making himself more valuable than than Marner and Matthews lately. And he's just 
he's heart and soul. He's he's grit. Uh, he's in the corners. He's all those catchphrases that hockey players love to throw out there about what you hope your players are doing. He's got his stick on the ice, and he, and he's doing the best of it every time he's on the ice. He is just a, a complete package right now, um, and the stats are starting to show it. But I think more than that is the fact that he's really he's the reason why Toronto has gotten out of their slump, uh, and nobody else. Uh, well, maybe Campbell, but uh, JT up front there, that's pretty solid. Uh, so those are my beauties. What do we got for a beast, my friend? The the beast is uh, okay, Sean Monahan, and this, oh I, nice. Yeah, I feel like I'm picking on him a little bit, too, because uh, Sutter's picking on him, too. So it was weird to me because right out of the gates with Monaghan, he was thrown into the fourth line. I think I don't think that um, the coaching staff likes him a whole lot. I think they're looking at, at trading him. They want to get rid of him. He doesn't fit into the system. That's why he's still on the top power play. Because they know he can still get some points along he's been exposed a little bit, but he's been on the fourth line this whole time, and Calgary has been nothing but successful. So clearly they don't see a future with him in it. So they're just well, biting I mean, He's not time. bad in front of the net, right? Like as a net front presence, you can kind of see it on a power play one. Yeah, but something's happened to his, to his game where he's just not uh, living up to his hype anymore. And his time has run out in Calgary. And I think you see him, you see him get into a couple of hot hot stretches, and and he'll that'll that'll boost his value a little bit. But at the end of the day, Calgary is going to have to swallow um, a little bit on this one and and let him go for for nothing, um, because he's not going to be taken off the fourth line uh, unless there's an injury. Um, and clearly, Sutter just doesn't like him. He, he, there's there's something there. Like and uh, obviously outside looking in, I, I don't I'm not in the locker rooms, but that's um, that's my guess on that. But he's you know he had he had three points in three games at one point, but two of them came in one game, and I think he's got three in nine or ten. Like he's just not producing where he was before, and it's not even close. He's a negative. Uh, he's a minus. I think it's four or whatever it is. His numbers are just not positive. His time on ice has been dropping. Yeah, he's good. in tough to make it. He's in tough to work his way up the lineup. That's for sure. And I, I don't see him even given that opportunity I, because it happened so quick. The way Sutter just came in and said, "You know what, no, but you're on the fourth line." Like what? I'm one of the. And top plus, you've got Mangiapane in there too, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, but that's the he's kind of taking a nice secondary role as well. Yeah. So that's what he did. He decided he was going to shake things up, but you know, keep you know, um, uh, who's your guy there? Goudreau, keep him obviously in the mix of things and just try to find chemistry with a couple of the players. But right away, he was like, no, I don't want to waste any time with Monaghan. You're, you're gone. So and I think management was like, well, listen, we're paying him a lot of money. He's still a good player. He's a good name. We, we, need, to, we need to get something out of him. Can you keep him on the top power play at least? And I are fine. Begrudgingly, I'll keep him on the top power play. And that's where he is. But he's not doing that great in the top power play either, though. Like he's just, we'll he's see just if he ends. Performing. We'll see if there's something that happens at the deadline. It may be I, difficult depending on his contract. I'm not familiar with it at, yeah. at this moment, but it's certainly something that uh, could be a potential move at the uh, deadline for them. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So that's it. Those are my... Those are All my right, favorites. man. So I'll go ahead with mine. Um, this is somebody you may want to take a look at in uh, daily fantasy as well. I know with our pool, it's uh, no ads and drops uh, on a daily basis anyway. Um, but uh, Troy Terry out in Anaheim, he's oh, having a really great start. Thirteen nice. points in eleven games, seven goals, six assists. He's a uh, he's an even player as well, which I w- thought was kind of uh, interesting, especially out in Anaheim. You know, they 
kind of seen as a little bit of a uh, not a doormat particularly, but <laughs> yeah. thought they were going to have a tough go here. And yeah. but uh, yeah, so Troy Terry is definitely somebody you want to take a look at. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely somebody I'll be taking a look at in our uh, in our For pool sure. as well. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Connor. I mean, there's not much else to say about that. The guy's on fire, eight goals, eight yeah. assists for 16 points in 11 games. So, you know, definitely over a point a game, plus five in the uh, plus minus department. And he, yeah, I mean, a, he's, he's, he's on fire right now with that club. I mean, Winnipeg's up there, I believe 37 goals on a season. So mm-hmm. they're, and that's with, and again, that's without Wheeler and uh, Shifley that, yeah. that have been around the whole time. Right. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what these guys can get done whenever everybody's healthy. Yeah, uh, sticking sure. with the jet, sticking with the Jets, Neil Pionk, uh, nine points in eleven games. Uh, I believe he just got his first goal a couple of games ago, or the last game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got eight assists as well. Uh, again, uh, nice little fit out there in Winnipeg. Kind of works well with the whole Morrissey thing. They're kind of slotted quite nicely as well. Uh, Is he leading any different... power plays? Pionk? Uh, Is he leading? I, I book. I thought he was, the last time I checked, I believe he was on power play one, okay. maybe on the second power play two. Okay. Either or, way. Or, 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 not two, but or. Yeah. Uh, and my my beast, pretty easy to go with this one, Jeff Petrie. In regards oh, to a fantasy, man. in regards to fantasy, he's really been a letdown. Like, I mean, I know the team's having a really rough go in the whole nine yards, but he's got two points in 13 games, Marty. Like, he's kind of killing some fantasy teams out there. Even if he wasn't your first option, he's definitely kind of really hurting yeah. you right now. There's definitely other options out there for you. I, sitting, sitting there. Yeah, but I think two. that's another reason why Munchell's doing so bad. Oh, he's, I mean, when you, when the guy that you've been leaning on to basically take Shea Weber's place is a minus two, two points in 13 games. There wow, it is. It's, uh, it's, a, it, you know, things are pretty yeah. rough. There's nothing positive coming out of Montreal at all. And <laughs> Petrie was something that I thought I kind of expected him to carry, to be able to carry some load to a degree. But the fact that he has not been able to do anything at all with the slump. Um, it's funny too because when he came to Montreal and I saw the I saw it and I was like what the heck and then he sort of exploded and became this great offensive defenseman that was getting points after points after points. I remember when you, actually one of our draft years I had to draft for one of the it was at the time it was the Ice Hoppers and I had to draft for him and as a joke I, I I it was at the end of the draft and I was like you know what you're getting Jeff Petrie and I threw him in there he ended up leading his team's defense in points so it it was a big shocker at that point. He's but a great now, he's a great secondary option. Like, I mean, if you're looking at, like, a, let's say a daily fantasy, he, yeah, exactly was. I mean, I've got him in one of my daily fantasy pools, and, I mean, it's, Marty, to be honest with you, it's getting pretty close to dropping him. I mean, the only reason why I'm hanging on to the guy is because he's on power play one, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Nah. So. But on a team that can't so score, I mean, like, what there's just it? not. A, well, that's the thing, right? Is she's getting pretty close here to a yeah. drop, so we'll see what happens in the next couple of days, but, wow. It is uh, it is tough. So so there's my uh, beauties in the beast, right. bud. Well, that's that's. I think that's it for our second show. We got this one in the bag now. That's two down. You know, uh, a million more to go, hopefully. But um, 
I hope you guys enjoyed. We are it. already looking forward to the third oh, episode, yeah. bud. We're already working on it. I've already got some stats going for the third ones, man. That's the oh, thing. Like, I love these kidding. stories that we've that we've been coming up to. But honestly, guys out there listening, like if if you guys you know like something we did, didn't like something we did, want us to focus more in one way or another, and remember, like if we if you can just let us know what your fantasy teams look like, what the the structure is, like that, you know, we can we can get really in depth about this stuff and really try to get to try to get some some good information out there for you guys and just help you guys out. And that's part of the reason why we want to do this kind of stuff i mean you know guys give us a like follow or share and you know uh write us down any comments anything that you think that we can improve on we're always looking for anything from you guys any engagement is uh what we're looking for thanks to everyone out there for listening if you're interested in reaching out to us you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes at anchor.fm slash tugalag. Or you can follow us on Twitter where you can find all of our info. Our handle is at tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Thanks for listening, and until next time.